just as we stay in an attitude of prayer, we just declare again, Father, that you are so good. We know, Lord, that in times like this, times of hardship and trial and even suffering, it's easy to lose sight of your goodness. But Lord, we, even as the song reminds us, Lord, we, we remind ourselves of Calvary where you showed your goodness, your kindness, your mercy to every one of us, Lord, as you sacrificed yourself for us at Calvary. And Lord, you show us your kindness, your goodness in so many ways throughout our lives, Lord, ways we just take for granted. And so on that basis, again, Lord, we declare that even in these times, we will taste and see that the Lord is good. We will taste of your goodness, Lord, as we trust in you, as we hope in you, and as we make you our strong tower, our fortress. We declare again tonight over our lives, our God is good. We praise you. We worship you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your presence with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alicia has a word for us. Hi, KCI. Um, I just would like to share a prophetic word, um, something, a picture that God, I feel, have, has placed on my heart. Um, I have a picture of a, a plug socket, um, you know, with the normal three holes in it. And I feel that uh, God is saying that represents God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And I'm feeling God is saying that we need to plug into him um, especially now at these tough times with the, the coronavirus. I feel that God is saying that all of us are going through some tough times. There are good days, there are bad times, but God is our source and we need to plug into him. Uh, when we plug into God, when we feel that we are in darkness, he is our light. When we are feeling down or tired or discouraged, when we plug into God, he is going to, re-energize us. He's going to give us um, new energy. He's going to charge us up. I feel that when we plug into into him, into God, that he is going to just fill us with his warmth, his hope, his strength, his encouragement, and his love. And I feel that we need to do that every day. Um, we need to plug into, into him, plug into God, let him be your source. So, Thanks, KCI, and uh, let's get plugged in to God. Have a great day. Thanks, Alicia. If you're a follower of Jesus, it means that you belong to Jesus, you're a child of God, and you have His Holy Spirit living in you. But friends, so often we can be tempted to turn to other sources, to plug into other sources in the world around us. Be encouraged through Alicia's word today. God is the one we need to plug into and stay connected to as our source of strength, of peace, of his light and uh, his very life in us. So be encouraged in that today. Thank you. Won't you take your seats if you haven't already done so. I want to extend a huge thanks to our worship team who led us so well again today. Big thanks guys for that. And then I want to echo Johnny and Kathy's welcome up front. A warm, huge KCR welcome to you uh, as you join us today. Thank you for joining us. If you're our guest, if you are pretty new here, I wish I could offer you a nice big slice of cake after the service. Sadly, that's not possible, but we'd love to hear from you. Won't you click on the link below? There's a response card. Very quick, very easy to fill out. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you have any questions, any prayer requests, um, if you respond in any way in the service, we'd love and if you would just fill out that response card, click on the link. It's very quick and very easy. Right. Here are two important announcements for this coming week. On Tuesday night, we are having another Zoom prayer meeting at 7 p.m. 
Prayer is massive at this time. We're trying to now look at um, praying every second week. Please join us. It was great last time. We had a bigger group come and join us online. It was wonderful. We want even more this coming Tuesday night. So join us. We'll send you the meeting ID and the password. And then on Thursday, the 21st of May at 9 a.m., we're going to have a special Ascension Day service. All right. So we've been busy with a series looking at Jesus' last 40 days on earth. And uh, we just thought, what better way to end a series like that than on day 40, the very day we remember Jesus returning triumphantly to his Father in heaven. So join us for that. It'll be a shorter service. And if you are at work, never fear, you'll be able to catch up later on on Facebook or YouTube. All right. So today I'm super excited to tell you that we have my friend, Stan Phipps, who's going to be our guest preacher. I got to know Stan really well a few years ago when we studied together. We did our masters together. We were in the same study group. And Stan's been part of Glenridge Church since 1995. Glenridge Church is a, it's a church that really has blessed me and I know so many of us in the city of Durban. And Stan and his wife Heather have led the eldership team there since 2016. We partnered together as NCMI relating churches and of course as friends in the city. So I really believe that God has got an important word that he stirred in Stan's heart for us today. So won't you join me in giving Stan and Heather Phipps a great big KCR welcome. Stan and Heather, over to you guys. Good morning to you, Kingsway Church. Uh, this is Stan and Heather Phipps here. It is an absolute delight to be with you. Thank you for the privilege of having us with you. Uh, Greg and Laurie and the eldership team, thank you so much. What an absolute honor. And uh, I'm going to give you over to Heather just to say hi and kind of fill you out, fill you in with who we are and what's happening with us at, as the Phippses. We are so bummed that we can't be there with you. Love to be there in person, and uh, we do know some of you down there, so we'd love to see some of your faces again. And but uh, maybe we'll do that when this is done, and we once this lockdown is over, and we can get with each other again. But really, just an honor to be with you, and uh, I'm going to hand you over to Heather to say hi as well. Hello, friends. We are, as Stan said, really sad that we can't be with you in person. Um, these are unusual times. I'm sure for many of you, um, just to let you in, I woke up this morning and put on high heels and full makeup for the first time in about seven weeks. So it is um, an unusual time, but I'm sure most of you are sitting in your pajamas, in your lounge with your coffee and your muffins and whatever you usually have for breakfast in the morning, but it is wonderful to be with you. Um, we are sorry that we can't be with you in person. The Phipps family, we are doing well. Um, all our children are with us. Matthew is studying online um, through UKZN. And he's doing mechanical engineering, so that's been a bit of a challenge. Um, our daughter is in matric, so lots of um, disappointment for her in some ways, but also just been so amazed at how these children are adapting and, and dealing with life. And then our grade seven, um, son Matt, um, Cameron is also doing a whole lot of worksheets and studying. So if they let the kids go back on the 1st of June, um, both our school children will go back. A matric in a grade 7. We always laugh at the big gap between them, but it might work to our advantage this time um, if they go back. But yeah, otherwise we are well. Um, Glenridge is doing well. We are, I'm sure as many of you are, we're just so desperate to connect with our community um, as much as possible even as we are in these online settings. But we have seen the Holy Spirit work beautifully. We have seen people be touched wonderfully over um, Zoom meetings and online platforms. 
Um, we had a wonderful testimony this week of our awakened youth youngsters are doing devotions and um, an unsaved friend actually got saved this week when he listened to one of the devotions. So God is moving. God is not locked down. He is still moving and working. So sorry we can't be with you guys. We're sending much love from Glenridge and from the Fifth family and look forward to spending some time with you this morning. Thanks for having us. Wonderful. Just before my wife goes, we have been married for 26 years today. We are recording this on Thursday morning. And uh, uh, today we've been married for 26 years. We've been, we went out for seven years before that, so we've known each other for 33 years. And uh, it's been an absolute honor and privilege. So happy anniversary, my love. Happy anniversary, babe. Thanks, Pingswe. <laughs> Enjoy your morning. So wonderful, guys. Uh, I have been waiting on God to hear what I should be bringing to you this morning. Uh, I felt the word strength. I felt like uh, God wanted to impart strength in you and put strength in you. And uh, that text of when we wait on the Lord, He will strengthen us came to mind. And uh, so I, I want to talk a little bit about waiting on the Lord. And uh, we, we are busy in a series and in the book of Acts at Glenridge at the moment. I know that you guys are doing a, a, a road or a journey towards Pentecost, uh, the kind of last... Um, steps or, or actions of Jesus towards Pentecost, uh, which ends in Acts, actually. So, um, but this morning, what I want to do is I want to I talk to you about the value of waiting. And I believe if you wait, God does some, some incredible things in our hearts. And one of the things that he does, is he puts strength into us. And um, so what I'd love us to do is I'd love us to look at the book of Acts, and I'd love to read from verse 1 to verse Five, and uh, and just have a look at that, and we'll move on from there. So here it goes. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit, that's quite profound, Jesus in his resurrected body, glorified body, instructed by the Holy Spirit. He didn't. He needed the Holy Spirit to to instruct and to teach how much more us when we are preaching, teaching, and helping others. So he gave instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. And that's what I want to land on. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They go on into chapter 2. Holy Spirit falls on them as they're waiting in the upper room, 120 of them in the upper room. Spirit of God comes on them and God births something and reminds them of, number one, a new kingdom that is established as they watch Jesus ascend. That is an allusion back to Daniel, Daniel chapter 7. It's, it's, a, it's a scripture about the this, this Son of Man lifted on high and reigning on high and will, His reign will never end. It's a, there's a new kingdom is established as Pentecost comes. 
There's a new temple that's established. It's, there's, there's, the temple is no longer confined to one place, but actually is transportable, it's flexible, it's adapt, adaptable, and wherever the people go, the temple moves. And the reason why we know it's a temple, because it's wind and fire that came upon them. And where wind and fire come into a place, it's most often in Scripture, a temple. So there's a new kingdom, a new temple, and there's a new priesthood. Every, the, the Spirit of God falls upon them, and they begin to minister to other people, and they can hear them in different, different languages. And so God says to us, actually, you can speak whatever language you need to speak, because you're a priest under my, under my guidance and under my kingship. And so there's this new kingship, this, this new priesthood, a new, a, new, a new kingdom. The kingdom of God established in Christ is just revealed to them, a new temple, a new priesthood, a new breed leadership, a, a man like Peter who had messed up, and he stands up and he says, come. And he was, he's involved in choosing the next, replacing the 12th um, apostle. And he then stands up a bit later and gives a theological treatise as to how, why the Spirit of God has come and what's happened here. There's a new breed leadership that stands up with a confident voice and in humility and in boldness. And there's a new ministry opportunity that comes past. In Acts chapter 3, what happens is Peter's walking past the gate beautiful and the man that, that sits there crippled. In this moment, healing comes to him. There's new ministry opportunities. And this is how the book of Acts' is, is birth is opened up. And this is where Pentecost goes to. And from Pentecost on is this incredible journey of how Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, is ministering through his church right through the book of Acts. But it's the key to this is that, is that Jesus says to them, you must wait. You must wait in Jerusalem, and you must wait until you have received the gift, and you have received the promise. Remember, the Father is giving a gift, and the Father is giving the promise of the Holy Spirit. He says, no, you must wait. And then they wait, and eventually Pentecost comes. But what we must remember when we kind of read that, you don't really kind of understand the context or we can easily miss the time that they waited. Remember, from the time that Jesus died to Pentecost is 50 days. So, so you have people for 40 days waiting and then 10 days in the room waiting. And so there's this 50-day period where people are waiting. It wasn't just a day. It wasn't just an hour. It was a month and a half. It was them waiting. They, they're not sure. They're just doing what Jesus told them to do, but they are waiting. And I think if we as a church can have a culture or have a, learn the art of waiting on God, I think we will learn some things from the Holy Spirit. I think God will do something significant with us. In our fast and instant world, waiting is not a common thing. In fact, it's frustrating and, it's frustrating and it becomes an irritant to not to be waiting. And man, are we waiting in queues at the moment, outside the shop, inside the shop. We're just waiting. Everything's waiting. I'm waiting for TERS payments, UIF payment. We're just waiting and we're waiting. Man, and we've got to learn to wait on God, not just wait for the essentials of life. If you think about it, where is a promise and a gift? So he says, wait for the promise and the gift. You think about it, what is the most significant promise and gift that we can wait for as human beings? I would say it's this. It's actually waiting for a baby to be born. I think these moments of waiting can be womb moments, womb time, where God is birthing something in us and birthing something in the church. And this waiting for the gift and waiting children are a gift from God. And the children have a promise attached to their lives which take further the kingdom of God through their lives 
and our lives. And so there's this incredible time in the womb that we need to be learning to wait in at this time. As churches, we have to wait. We have to learn to wait. As people of God, we have to learn to wait. So I want to go through a couple of things. The first thing I want to look at is what waiting does for us. There's some incredible things that are uncomfortable at times, but waiting does some amazing things for us. And then I want to look, secondly, at what posture, what is our posture in waiting? What are some of the things, if we want to wait well, what posture should we have so that we can wait well? So those are the two things I want to get to, and I've got a bunch of points in, in, in those, two, those two big points, if I, if I can put it that way, just so you know where we're going. So what does waiting do for us? Well, the first thing that waiting does for us, it prepares us. It prepares us. Friends, none of us start out wanting to wait. We never, it's not natural for us, as I've said earlier. It's not a natural thing for us to wait. In fact, when we're waiting, we normally get one of two responses. Either we get anger or we get doubt. And in anger, what happens is because we don't know what's happening and we haven't, we're waiting and, and, and have we heard God and should we be here and you're not sure, we get angry and we get fearful, actually. And so we get angry. Or our other responses in waiting is that we can become doubting. So what we can then do is because in the waiting for what God has said and, and what God is wanting to do, and, and even in the nation, in our nation, now we, we're waiting and not, it's not happening and we start doubting. Hang on, what's happening here? Can we trust them? Can we trust the government? Can we trust God? So we're either angry or we're or we doubting. And, and what, what waiting does is it helps us deal with the issues that make us get into anger and make us get into doubt. And when it comes to the kingdom of God, we don't need to fear, so we don't need to be angry. We can just be patient. In the kingdom of God, we don't need to doubt the faithfulness of God or the goodness of God. And so what waiting does, it prepares us for what God has for us. You think of Abraham, Joseph, Moses, David. Many, all of them had to wait for many years for the promises of God to come through their lives. But everything that happened in the meantime while they were waiting prepared them for that moment when God would use them profoundly. And that's exactly the same for us. That's exactly, it prepares us, waiting prepares us. When we think that nothing is happening, what we've got to remember in waiting is that something actually is happening. We might not be able to see it. We might be able to feel something, like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you can feel its, its, its movement, and you can detect its movement by the trees and you might not be able to see it, and you might not even have trees to see, but what we've got to know in waiting is that God is preparing us, and even though we think nothing is happening, God is moving. The second thing is that waiting does is it tests us. It prepares us and it tests us. You see, friends, what our natural response to do in any disaster, any, any crisis, in any kind of thing actually is to run ahead of God in our own strength. And what waiting does, when God says, no, wait, think about the, think about the, 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 cricket, the cricketers. The, when, you, when you're running between the wickets, a call, it's either yes, go for the run, no, don't go for the run, or wait, let's wait and see. And if you run ahead of your partner's voice and you get to the other side, you get run out. Actually, wait is a legitimate a legitimate. Word from God, yes, no, and wait are three responses that God can give us. And what waiting does, it tests us. It tests us our ability to run ahead of God and run further uh, where we shouldn't be. 
It tests us. Actually, we've got to learn to wait on God and, and, and hold our line and hold our head and not get into our own strength. Waiting also produces humility in us. Waiting produces humility. Waiting on God is, waiting on the Lord is the opposite to running ahead of Him, as I've just said. And waiting means that I've got to receive this and I can't do it. So it puts a humility into our hearts. Waiting puts humility into our hearts. It prepares us, it tests us, it produces humility in us. What waiting does is it, put, it increases our hunger and, ex- and anticipation. If you're waiting for something, if you're prepared to wait for something, it means that what you're waiting for is important and legitimate and you're excited. And so as we wait, we've got to find the promises of God and get hungrier and get more expectant and be in more anticipation of what God wants to do. The fifth thing that waiting does for us or produces in us is it deepens our trust. It deepens our trust. It deepens, it, it comes, it calls into question, can I trust God in the midst of this waiting? And it deepens our trust in God. And friends, in this moment when we have to learn to wait, we, what, one of the, the, the big fruits of that is God wants us to trust Him more. To wait means you have to believe that these things will happen. And we can't do anything about it, and we've got to let God do it. We've got to be faithful, and we've got to do our, play our part but it builds a trust into the, into the deepest recesses of our hearts. The Scriptures talk about trust in the Lord and not in your own understanding. Trusting God. We're waiting, what waiting does, it produces in us, it produces a deeper trust in God and not in our own understanding and our own strength. The sixth thing that, that waiting does is it clarifies the promises of God clarifies the promises of God. What we get is we get an opportunity to sit on, meditate in, marinate in the promises of God, what God has spoken and what God has said, and we start to get different angles and different perspectives and different facets of those promises because often those words or those prophetic words or those those moments when God speaks, we kind of look at it in one dimension. But what waiting does, it allows us to look at the different dimensions of the promises of God. And lastly, what waiting does in us is it releases a power. And we see that in Acts chapter 2. They go to the upper room and they wait and it releases the power of God. It releases the Spirit of God to move powerfully. God pours His Spirit out on a waiting people. And if we want to see the next revival, if we want to see God move powerfully, we've got to learn to be a waiting people. If we want to walk in the power of the Spirit, we have to learn to wait on God. And we need to have to learn to wait for God if we want to walk in the power of the Spirit. So these are seven things that, that, that gets produced in us as we wait on God. But what is the posture of waiting that we require? What posture? A posture is not a position. A position is I'm standing over here. A, that's not, that's, I'm, now I'm in a different position. A posture is am I ready to go? I'm on the front foot. Or am I on the back foot waiting to get pushed over? That's a posture. So what's the posture? What posture have we got or should we have to be in waiting? So that waiting, the waiting process is a good one and a fruitful one. Well, the first one I want to say, and this comes from um, straight from the Scriptures, it's a prayerful posture. When we're in waiting, it's not passive. We've got to be prayerful. 
It's amazing in the book of John and the book of Luke, we have these disciples locked up um, after Jesus' death, before they know he's resurrected, locked up in a room and fearful, and they're fearful of the Jews and they're locked up. And then in the book of Acts, now you get the same group of people, largely the same group of people, that are now not locked up in fear, but now they're locked in together praying. And so what happens is when we start to live a prayerful life, fear turns into a, a fearful life, must turn into a prayerful life for God to, to do what he wants to do as we, are, as we are waiting. We've got to move to being together in prayer. Prayer at this time is such a significant um, opportunity and, a, and a, almost a goad from God to the church. I want a praying church. The second good posture to be in it as we're waiting on God is that we've got to have space for the unknown. In Acts chapter 1, the, the, the disciples go to Jesus and they say, but now you're going to restore the kingdom. And Jesus says this. He says, no, no, the times and the dates of when things are going to happen are under my Father's authority. And when we're waiting, we've got to understand this. There's going to be some mystery. There's some things, there's times and dates that are under God's authority and under God's hand and not in ours. And this even for Jesus, he says that, that even Jesus didn't know that. So actually, there's got to be space for the unknown. There's got to be space for um, mystery in our waiting. And when we don't understand, it doesn't mean we're not waiting well. Actually, no, God's still there. We've just got to have space for those sorts of things. A third posture is that we've got to be teachable. We've got to be teachable. While they were waiting between Jesus' death and Pentecost, actually Jesus taught them by the Holy Spirit, instructed them by the Holy Spirit. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us when we are waiting. And can I just give us two big topics while we are waiting? Because in the text, in their waiting between Jesus' death and Pentecost, there were two big subjects that Jesus taught on. One, the kingdom of God, and two, the Holy Spirit. So actually, we've got to allow God to teach us about the kingdom of God, and we've got to allow God to teach us about the Holy Spirit as we wait on Him. And I'm not going to talk more about that, but those are just two big things that I thought, man, we need to learn more about the kingdom of God, and we need to learn more about the Holy Spirit in these days. What we've got to do when we are waiting, when we are in a teaching posture, friends, and I want to encourage you around this. Listen at this time for people that are praying for you, not to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. There are podcasts, there are things all over the place, there are prophetic words, there's, there's um, all sorts of stories and uh, uh, kind of uh, um, what's happening in the world and just these all sorts of non nonsense that's coming around us. I can't think of the word now. And uh, we, we've got to make sure that we are grounded in the Word of God and are listening to the voices that are praying for us, that are for us. We've got to learn to listen to that shepherd's voice and the under-shepherd's voice. Listen to the people that are leading your churches at this time, because actually they're the people praying, and they're, looking, they're wanting to hear God for you and your context. Be careful about the voices that you're listening to, but allow, allow yourself to be teachable. And then lastly, or second to lastly, the posture that we're meant to be in. The first one, remember, I said is prayerful. The next one is having a space for the unknown. The third one is to remain teachable. That's a good posture to be in. The fourth one is to have a posture of faith and patience. Faith and patience. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 to 20 is so informative here. Can I just read it quickly for us? He says this, I want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, 
but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And I want to, I want to say to you at this time, one of the great postures that we've got to have, we've got to be in faith and not fear, and we've got to be in a moment of patience. And what this text says to us here is that actually faith needs, and I love what it says there, it says... Um, you must imitate those who through faith and patience. So straight away you realize faith is a community life. A faith life needs a community life. We need to be imitating. We need to be with those that are in faith. And if we're in with, with those that are in fear, we're going to be in fear. But we, with, in those that are in faith, actually we can imitate that faith. That faith can rub off on us and actually we can increase our faith and our patience. And what it also talks about is being diligent. It says don't be lazy and don't be sluggish. We should not... Friends, what happens is when we're in a moment of discouragement or when there's something that we don't understand around us, it can make us sluggish and lazy and make us want to give up. And he says, be careful. Don't become sluggish and lazy. Otherwise, you're going to lose faith and you're going to lose patience in this moment. And I want to say that to us now. Make sure that we're not spiritually sluggish. We've got to make sure that we're keeping our disciplines in place and and, and doing what we normally know to do so that we don't become sluggish and lazy and so become discouraged. But we've got to wait with faith and patience. Let me move on. And lastly, we've got to wait with expectation. We've got to last with expectation. And friends, I want to, I want to say to us, I've got three things that I believe God is wanting to do at this time. And, and we got to, I believe we should have an expectation for this. The first one is this. The first one is this, that they, in, when we see them waiting, in chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, we see God giving them a commissioning. There's a, this is a commissioning time, friends. When we see these disciples and these apostles waiting, we see God commissioning them and saying, go into all the world and be my witnesses. Receive power from on high and go into all the world. There's a commissioning of the church at this time. And if we're expectant of the God to commission us, we will find that commissioning for our lives. The second thing we see this in this waiting, we can have an expectation of, is that for God wants to deepen existing friendships, and He also wants to make new friendships. We see this in the upper room. You can imagine them seeing each other, knowing each other a whole lot better after 10 days being together. And I believe if we, if we can have an expectation that God doesn't decrease our connectivity, but actually increases our connectivity so that we can know God, know each other better, and maybe even make some new friends, whether it's on digital platforms or whatever else. But I think if we've got an expectation for that as a church, God will move powerfully with us as we wait. And lastly, when in this moment of waiting, in this period of waiting, we see in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 21 to 26, we see Judas is replaced by Matthias. Um, Paul, uh, uh, Peter gets up and says, we need to replace this, this apostle that's fallen, and he chooses somebody else to take his place. And friends, I want to say to you, in a moment like this, when we're waiting, God will bring on battlefield promotions. In the midst of this battle, in the midst of this war, God is going to start to promote people. Let's have an expectation for God to promote you into more of what he has for you. That's not just up, but maybe forward. God wants, God wants battlefield promotions at this time. He's going to commission people. He's going to deepen and strengthen relationships at this time. And he's going to bring battlefield promotions into our, into our ark and into our ambit. And I want to say to all of you, expect that. 
Let's, let's allow God to do what He wants to do in us through the waiting, but also let's, let us have a posture of prayerfulness. Let us have a posture of, of, of having space for the unknown. Let us have a possible posture of being teachable. Let us have a posture of faith and patience. And let us have a posture of expectation for God to do powerful things amongst us over this time. Let's learn to wait as a church. Can I just take a moment as we come to an end? And maybe I can get, and this might be a bit strange, but maybe I can get the eldership team to stand up. If Greg and Laurie and Grant and Lisa and Leon and Janine can stand up in their lounges right now. If you can put your hands on your heart. Because I think, and the reason why I'm wanting to pray for them, friends, is that leadership in these moments is absolutely key. And, and, and it's not that they're special, it's just that they've been given a task to do. And I'd love us if we can stretch our hands out towards them. I don't know how you do that because you can't see them. But just tele-evangelist style. I, 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 don't know what, I don't know how to... But let's just trust that God would impart strength to them because they are in the process of waiting to hear God for the next steps. And it can be a very challenging and daunting process. So Father, let's... And just so you guys, the, the Max, the Hansons, and the Pretorius, if you can just put your hands on your hearts, I want to pray for you at this time. Father, will you come upon this eldership team at this time? Will you give them strength? Will you give them courage? Will you teach them the art of waiting on you? Will you give them, will you give them strength and wisdom at this time as they lead this people, as they lead Kingsway Church into the new, the new steps that you have for them? I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you for the yes in their hearts. I thank you for their, for their, their passion for you. And I pray, Lord God, their passion would increase, their strength would increase, that their courage would increase. I pray in every way there what they are needed for this time. I think of Laurie's health. Father, will you put your hand on Laurie at this time and strengthen her with power in her body physically, Father? And I thank you, Father, for what you're wanting to do in this church. Will you bless every single person in Kingsway Church? Father, will you put your hand upon them? Will you teach them to wait? And would the fruit of waiting take, take root in their hearts? The purpose of waiting take root in their hearts. And Father, I pray that there would be an incredible outpouring of your love and your generosity and your kindness and your spirit over them as they become a waiting church. Thank you for this church in your amazing name. Bless you guys. Thank you. Sorry we can't be there with you, but I trust that God's spoken to you, put hope in your heart, put courage in your heart, and uh, lots of love to every single one of you. Bless you and amen. Thank you, Stan. And a huge thanks to you, Stan and Heather, once again for joining us online today and also Stan for your ministry today. Thank you so much. Kind of the sense I have it is that this is one of those moments where we shouldn't just push pause or stop and carry on with our day. If, if the word that Stan shared is really stirring in your heart, so if you feel God's still working in you, why don't you continue to wait on him, even as Stan encouraged us today and allow God to continue his ministry into your life. God bless you. Thank you. So as we come in for a landing today, just say that our banking details and the QR code will be on the screen right at the very end. A huge thanks to the many of you who have continued to partner with us. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving. God bless you and protect you. And uh, I look forward then to seeing you on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. on Zoom. And then, of course, for our special Ascension Day service on the 21st of May at 9 a.m. God's grace and peace to you. May God bless you and protect you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great week. God bless.